Let me just tell you, I'm so stinking excited this morning. I can't stand it. And it is because we're starting uh, Live Free or Die Trying, which is going to be the best service or best series, I mean, we've ever done. So I'm excited about that, but I'm excited about a whole lot more. And just real briefly, I want to tell you about it. Um, we felt like God was going to do something in our church for a long time, and we've been um, excited to see God move and do stuff. But in my life, um, I'm not that old. I'm only 34 years old. But in my life, in my 34 years, I've never felt like God was about to move and not um, not like I'm going to make the move. I don't even know if this will make sense, but just go with me. Not that I'm going to do something and something crazy is going to happen. Because if anything, I'm learning that it's definitely not that. Um, man, I'm excited because I think for the first time in my life, I can look at people in the face and say that I think that God is about to do something so miraculous and so crazy in this church and in our community that people are just going to stand in awe. And it's not a pastor or that band. And I'm going to tell you what, that worship was thinking awesome, wasn't it? But yeah, y'all can clap for that because it was awesome. But I just really think, I just really think that God wants to do something so much more than we do in this community. And God has spoken to me. Can I just tell y'all that I was really excited about Easter this year because you know people are going to show up even if you stink on Easter Sunday. But I'm more excited about today. Today, before God, I'm telling y'all, I'm more excited than I've ever been to stand before you guys or any other group and present the gospel because I just feel like that I have a word and it's from straight from the Lord. And I really think God is going to move in hearts. So guys, this is for you. The ones of you that came here this morning and you feel hopeless. And I know it's some of you because I've spoken to you. And I know it's some of you because I can see it in your eyes. Because your eyes are the window to your soul is what the Bible says. And I can just feel the, the hurt and the tension in your heart. Will you just open yourself up this morning? Because guys, I really believe that it's God's will for every single one of you. For every single one of you. It's his hope for every single one of you to be free. And the reason that we're not free so many times has nothing to do with what God wants for us, but how much we want freedom and we fight against what God wants and we think we're going in the right direction and all at the same time, we run from his will for our lives. Guys, I really believe that you, some of you that are listening to me right now, you may be watching online, wherever you are, that your life is never going to be the same. That September the 7th, 2014 is going to be your birthday and it's going to change your life, and you're going to have freedom. And so that's why I'm excited. I, I'm telling you, I think this is the greatest day in some of your lives. Will you pray with me, God, this morning? Um, you know my heart, <laughs> and you know what you're teaching me, God, that for so many years I've tried so hard to be good enough, God, and make you love me because of what I've done and God you are just teaching me so much that it literally has nothing to do with me it certainly takes me taking a step toward you and trusting you but God it is all about you God I pray that you will empty people in this room today so that you can fill them up give us an open mind open ears to what you would have us say what you would have us do and most importantly where you would have us go fill our lives change us God we want this place to be the light a city on a hill that people can come and are rescued, that the sick can be healed, that the hurting and the lonely and the least and the lost can feel hope in you. And Lord Jesus, we love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you guys, how many of you guys are like daredevils? Just like you're, you're, you're not scared of anything, you're daredevils. There's got to be more than that, for real. Like that's it, that's it. Someone said amen, I like that. Someone said amen. Like 
Whatever that is for you, whoever that is, that's awesome. That's me. Now I need to ask you, of the daredevils, right, because that was some of y'all, how many of y'all have been bungee jumping, you've done the sky coaster thing, or you've jumped out of an airplane? Now, now half of y'all that aren't daredevils did that. What's wrong with y'all, right? That's awesome. Who, who would never, ever do any of those three things? Just show of hands. All right, so y'all are the ones. That's a shame. That's a shame. Look, y'all are the ones, y'all are the ones, listen, that that are probably the smarter ones, but we don't care. Like, we, we're cool with y'all being smart, and we're cool with us not being smart because we have more fun in life. Someone say amen if y'all are the daredevils, right? So, look, when, when I was going into my freshman year in college, I, I, I think I had graduated the week before, and um, my best friend who happens to be here this morning and I were in a group of guys that were, how do we describe this, somewhat uh, fun, right? We, uh, we did things that were, that, were, that were good, right? So, like, Anyway, I don't, I don't need to say all that. But, but like, we, we just had fun. We were a little bit juvenile, and we were very alpha. We wanted everyone to know that we were awesome, and we were. Can we not be just honest with y'all? We were awesome. We are, we were awesome. So, like, like we, and we wanted people to know that. And so, we, I think there was, like, 125, 150 kids on the trip with us, and we pretty much wanted them to think that we were the best because we were the best. So, like, wait, like, and everything that we did, we just puffed our chests up. And we were in Orlando. We were playing ball, and I was a little bit competitive, and so I wanted to, you know, and all that thing. And so at, at night, y'all been to Orlando, some of you, and if you've been to Kissimmee, which is just outside, there's this place called Old Town. Have y'all been there? And in Old Town, there is a sky coaster. Sky coaster is, a sky coaster is two of these gigantic dudes that pick you up and you're strapped in, and you fall straight down. And this is the tallest in the world. And they have a sign that is as big as that screen that says tallest in the world. And I didn't have a lot of money. Y'all been here before. I didn't have a lot of money, and it was $32. So I was like, man, I'm going to tell y'all right now. If I had $32, I'd be getting up on that thing. Did we say that? I would be going up there. And Daniel was right beside me. Yes, sir. We'd be going up. That ain't no problem. I don't think I was nervous when I didn't have the money, but I think I was thinking, man, I'm glad I don't have $32, right? <laughs> because that ain't the one, the one at Carowinds, if y'all can picture this, or the one at Six Flags, like, they're about half the height, and they look high, and this dude's, it's bad. Like, I don't know in your mind if you picture, like, even if you're standing beside it, you're like, that's not too bad, but when you see over Epcot into Tampa, that's not good, right? I mean, it's so high, and so, so, so this is what happened to us, this is, it's, oh, it was good, but it was bad. Like, our, our counselor guy is one of the coolest cats in the whole world, and his name's Jack, and he came up to Daniel and I, and he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out a binge. He pulled out a $100 bill. He's had a C-note, and he said, put y'all's money where y'all's mouth is, big boy. I see y'all running y'all's mouth. And we were like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and so we had to keep looking cool, right? We, we, we couldn't let people think we weren't cool, and I was like, dude, come it, Daniel. What have you gotten me into again? And so, because I'm always run, running my mouth, and talking for him, and I get in trouble, and so they're like, we, we didn't know what to do, and I was like, yeah, we'll do this, and the whole time I'm thinking, dead gummit, I just want to turn around, I don't want to go up there, and so we paid the money, we go up the thing all the way to the top, what I said at the top does not need to be repeated, and I'm not, hap- I'm not, whatever, <laughs> someone can say amen, but like, like I was thinking the whole time, this isn't that bad, this isn't that bad, this isn't that bad, holy crap, holy crap, and in other words, and I was like, what is it going to, oh my gosh, and we got to the top, and this is what it does. On the count of three, pull. Three, two, one, pull. And, like, it's this awful, like, transformer voice. Three, two, one, pull. And it's like, 
For real. But this is the deal. We had an opportunity to look and say, uh, we were just messing, we weren't really going to do it, and look like idiots, or we were going to take the plunge, right? We're going to take the plunge and just say, this is what we're going to do. And some of y'all in here are like, man, there's no way I would do that ever. And that's fine. You probably shouldn't because you may have a heart attack and die. <laughs> and it really was fun. We did it again, didn't we, like two more times because it was half price, so then we could afford it. But, but like, that's not even the point. The point is when I look down, and when I realized, I think it was 400 feet, holy crud. And you look down at 400 feet down, and you're in a harness, and you literally drop straight down for about 375 feet. And your head's pointing toward that lake right there. And you're like, if this cord doesn't hold, I'm not screwed. Screwed as you break your leg, right? I'm done, right? And there's not a parachute, and I'm trusting completely in this cord. And guys, that's what faith is. That's what faith is. Completely and totally, that's what faith is. Faith is me going, this is not real smart. Like this, I don't have control at all anymore. The minute that Daniel pulled the cord, we had zero control of what was going to take place at all in our lives. It was all up to the thing that was holding us up. Guys, for so long what people have thought about this thing that we call Christianity is that I say this magic prayer after a preacher, or I go shake his hand at the front of the thing, I get this get-out-of-hell-free card, and then I do whatever the heck I want for the rest of my life, right? I, I just get to do my thing. I get to do whatever I want to, but, but the bottom line is, like, it's my world. I get to do what I want, and, and, and this is the deal. No, it, it's actually the opposite of that. It's actually me saying, God, I'm resting in you completely. I have total faith in you. I don't know where this thing's going to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I trust you, and it's such a tension. It's such a battle. Because in my life, I, I tell people with my mouth, yes, I'm a Christian, and it's because of familiarity. I, I want people to know that, that I'm a Christian. But the truth is, I don't ever get in the Sky Coaster's harness and put it on and tighten it up and take it to the top and pull the plug and let it go. And Hebrews chapter 11 describes, and it's not a definition, it's a description, but Hebrews 11 verse 1 describes faith like this. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The difference in the sky coaster in this is I could, we could feel that cord that was on the back. It didn't really help, did it? it? It doesn't make you feel really good when you're on the way up. But this is even more so. I've had people look at me and say, how can you, how can you give your whole life to a God that you can't even see? It's, it's an assurance of the things that I hope for, hoped for and conviction of things that are not seen. This is not... I hope the Gamecocks win next Saturday against Georgia because I'm being honest, that's not going to happen. And Gurley's probably going to go for 250. So, like, I, I, I'm not I, – I, that is really a, a hope and a prayer. And now if they win Sunday, I'm going to have my chest put out. But, but that's a hope so. And it's a really just shot in the dark, I hope so. And so many people feel that way, don't they, about Christianity. I hope this thing's right because at the end of my life, I hope I've done enough. I hope I've been good enough. I hope God's really who he said he is. And none of that has to be. Because God is who he says he is, and he did raise from the dead, and my hope is secure in him. It is not a small cord, but it is an, a massive rock, a massive rock that I stand on in assurance that you are God, and I am not. It is not a, I hope so, it is an I know so, and I place all my hope in him, not I hope so. And that's the difference. And in this series, we're going to talk about a guy named Abraham, and, and many of you know who that is. And some of you may not, but he's one of the coolest 
excuse me, he's one of the coolest stories in the Bible. And what people don't really study or know, they, they might even read through Genesis, but what they don't know is what Abraham did in going to do what he did. Like everybody knows Father Abraham, if y'all grew up in church, have many sons, right? That's y'all, many sons. Y'all should sing, have Father Abraham. See, y'all are church people. Y'all are church people. Y'all grew up with it. So, so we know he's the father, right? But how did he get there? How did he get there? This is what Hebrews chapter 11, a couple verses later, verse 8 says, this is what happened. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So what if that was us? What if that was us? To go out not knowing where you're going, to step out, to not see, to be afraid. And I just think that's part of our dilemma, where we live and what we do, the comforts of home. And in just a second, I'm going to tell you some more about that. But how many of y'all are old enough to remember Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Not the new one with the aliens. Put your hands down if it's just the one with the aliens. The, the last crusade, y'all remember that? He's going for the Holy Grail. If y'all remember in, the, in one of the final scenes, and I, we're going to show the video in a second, but I love the picture of what he shows his faith with his eyes closed. Harrison Ford about 30 years ago. With his eyes closed, he, he holds his chest. It's probably 20. He holds his chest, and he steps out not knowing where he's going or not knowing what he's doing. You see what this says? And he went out not knowing where he was going. Like Abraham stepped out, and he saw no floor under him and didn't know where he was going. And I think this is a beautiful picture of what faith really looks like. Watch this. Mass of God. Only in the leap from the lion's head. his dad, Sean Connery, you must believe, boy. I, I love what he says there because that's the truth. And like we hear John 3.16, and, and a lot of people know that, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life or will not die but will have life everlasting. And so we hear that and we're like, yeah, I believe in God. But, but that's the belief where he steps out and sees nothing under him. That's true faith. That's the difference. And so to go to a place where we don't know, it's the tension, isn't it? It's, it's, for instance, 
I love where we live. I, I don't wish I lived somewhere else. Like, when I think of home, when I think of where we are, I think of, uh, like, homemade ice cream and, bar- and backyard barbecues and low country boils and football, right, because we love high school and college football around here. And, and, like, that's what, I love that. And I love the fact that I can drive to the mountains in an hour and drive to the beach in three hours and 15 minutes if it's Charleston. I love, I love all of those things about us. But what, what if God calls me away from, from the upstate of South Carolina? I wonder, I wonder if I, being comfortable where I am and happy with what I have, would actually step out and do what God calls me to do or if I, or if I just like it here. What about to a desert place that where, where the enemy is and to a place where Christianity is not easily and happily loved? What about a place that seems so, why, God, would you send me there? That, that doesn't make any sense. Guys, can I be honest? I think we're all about this faith thing as long as it fits into the box that we want it to fit in. As long as what God is telling me to do is what I think he should tell me to do, I'm good with where God wants me to go. But at the point that it's not the best for me, at the point that it changes my 401k or my daddy's 401k that he's supposed to give me, I have so much entitlement in my life because I think I'm owed, owed, owed that I refuse to step out on faith. And I'm not saying we should do foolish things. I'm saying we should listen to God and do what he says. But we don't listen to God. We, we, say, we, we say a prayer to God. We're religious. I've been in church my whole life. If I do good enough things, God loves me. And if I don't, he hates me. And that's what we really believe. And that's, that nothing could be further from the truth. And we really believe that, that because of what we do, that he gives us this, this, this medal for being awesome, and that's not it. And it's so frustrating to look out and, and, and think. So many people are hurting and desperate here and out there because they think, I don't get it. I've, I've tried really hard. I've, I've said these prayers, and I've done these things, and I've done whatever I can. And why don't God, why don't God love me? And it's not that at all. It's you are trying to fight your battle so much. And freedom, that's the whole point, right? Freedom. Seems like it's impossible. So in this series, we're going to look at Genesis. We're going to look at the story that Abraham went through. And today is Genesis chapter 12, and we'll start in, in verse 1. And this is what, this is what Genesis says in, in verse 1 of chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Can I tell you the significance of the father's house? They were from this place called Ur. And Ur was, um, Ur was a wealthy place. It was a, uh, the, the, especially his family. They, they would have had servants. They would have had all these things. And the problem is they were very pagan because they worshipped the moon god. Their god that they worshipped was not God that we worship. It was the moon god and it was so weird. Like it was over the top far from God people. It was like, it was like, Pagan on top of pagan, like they, they never even considered God when making decisions. They didn't play God. They didn't even know him. And yet this man had the comfort of his father who was wealthy, and he should have, by all intents and purposes, any, any, any smart person in the world, any financial advisor, any, any, any wise person would have looked at him and said, dude, no, 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 you stay in her. Like this is the smart thing to do. You, you got to think these things out. You got to be wise in these things. You do not leave your country your daddy's got you a 401k that is bigger than you'll ever do. You've got servants. You don't have to worry about anything. You're good. And, and, and so God had told him, go. And what does he do? God says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you 
and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will make you a great nation. So what do we do? What do we do? We hear God. Guys, listen, listen. If you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're not, stay with me. If you're a follower of Jesus today, there are promises in the Bible that we can look at. God didn't tell us he's going to make us a great nation, okay? But there's promises in the Bible that we can look at and we can say, yes, I will cling to that and hold to that. And instead, what we do is say, I can fix that. I can fix that. I can fix that. And it is a tension battle constantly that pulls constantly in my life where I'm back and I'm back and I'm on both sides and I feel like my arms are getting pulled off because I don't know which direction to go. Guys, the direction is always the Lord. But listen, it's not safe. Because in this case, he says, I will bless those that bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in, in you, excuse me, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so he's got a decision to make, right? At this point, he looks and says, okay, Ur's here. I know what I've got. What if I just say this little, God, just take care of me, I'm good, and I don't completely and totally trust him and jump? Like there's absolute surrender where I jump and say, God, I'm all yours, whatever you want, I'll do. I, I think Abraham, I'm just being honest, okay? This probably isn't what a pastor should say, but I'm just going to be real. I think Abraham would have been rich. I think Abraham might have been happy. I think Abraham would have had success in life, and I think he'd have been in jail. Not a literal jail, not prison walls, but his soul would have been locked up and never free, never, never fully surrendered to God, never, never experiencing what he wants, and definitely not the father of Israel, definitely not the promised man. And so he's gotten this promise. Listen, you know what God's promise is for you? Look right here, look right here, look right here. You know what God's promise is for you? No matter what you've done, no matter what you've done, because, guys, I'm going to be honest. I think some of you where you sit right now think, if you just knew what I did this week, you would not say that. If you knew what I've done in my past, there's no way you'd believe that. Let me promise you, no one is too far gone. None of you have done too much bad. There is no possibility for too much bad. If you have breath in your lungs, God has forgiveness waiting on you. But you will also never be good enough. Never, never, never be good enough. And at this moment, this is the moment, this is the moment. At this moment, we make the decision. If we're going to keep trying to do good and at the end of our life stand before God and say, God, I've tried really hard. I've done all these things so that I can, so that I can outweigh my good and my bad. Here's the frustrating thing. Isaiah 64 says, my good things. It literally says my righteousness are like filthy rags in the eyes of God. Filthy rags in the eyes of God. That everything good that I do to a holy God that is so perfect and holy and amazing that even the good that I do is filthy rags in his sight if it's in my will, if I'm in charge, if I'm still in Ur. And I'm like, God, I'm trying to do all these things, but I want to also hold on to my father's house. Like, I should be the boss, but, but I want to do good for you. And I really think this is the bottom line. Look at me. This is the bottom line. You have to ask yourself, have I ever said Yes. Have I ever stepped out and said, I will go? Because here's what Abraham did. Against everyone's judgment. Can you picture his dad going, what are you talking about, bro? I would disown you if you leave me. That's hard, isn't it? You can't leave. You're going to do what? 
Say it again. You can go to what country? You'll do what? You're going to sell what? That's just so stupid. Are you listening to yourself? So Abram went. Yes. That's it. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Herod. And now we fast forward right here, okay? We fast forward right here. He went and then he departed from Herod. Now Herod's the in-between. Y'all look right here. Herod's the in-between. Herod's not Canaan where God promises. Herod's not, Herod's not Canaan where he's going. Heron is, I've stepped out and I went, but I'm halfway and I'm stuck. Look at me right now. Don't y'all, some of y'all feel that way? I'm, I'm on the way. I said yes to Jesus. Now, some of y'all have it. But those of you that have, I'm on the way. I said yes to Jesus. But, man, I just feel like I am in mud and I'm stuck. You know why? Because I don't want to fully go out. I got that cord and I've got that harness. And, and with God, that picture of live free is a dude jumping off a cliff with nothing. And I'm not cool with that. I've got to have some kind of security in my life. We are our own worst nightmares. I've told you all this before if you've been here. The worst thing and the best thing that we have in our lives, the biggest blessing and the biggest curse is the blessings that we have that we earn for ourselves, that we think we have supplied for ourselves. And that's what causes Heron for 95% of people. It's not scientific. It's my guess. 95% of Christ followers never get to the land that is promised them. And it is, not, it is not like this special place. I don't know what it is for you because God's will is a mystery. But we chase and we chase and we chase and we hope and we hope and we hope and we never just sit and say, God, it's yours, it's not mine, and I trust you. And I'm going to follow and go whatever you say, and I'm going to do what Abraham did and just go and just say, let's do this. And at 75, like, what's our excuse? At 75 years old, he's finally going, right? I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not good enough, I'm not tall enough, I don't sing like Shannon and Brian, I can't do that thing. I don't play guitar like Tommy and Corey, I wish I did. I don't jam on every instrument like Travis, I can't, I can't play those keys like Patty, I can't jam like Morgan, I, I can't do those things. I want to be up here, that's awesome, that's the people that God used. Listen to me right now, no. Yes, he's using them, but no, that's not it. There's so many people that we see with our eyes and we're saying God's using them, but they're manipulating the system. They're going through the motions. People have, people have big personalities and they do all these things and people look at them and say, I want to follow him. No, I don't want you to follow anyone but Jesus. And if you follow me, I'm going to lead you on a path that will destroy your life. Do you know why? Because I have, I have a supply of evil in my life that is so unlimited, I cannot begin to explain it. I'm an evil person without the Holy Spirit filling my life. There's nothing good inside of this man. And if you follow this man and not Jesus, I will fail you every time. And so will every other man and every other woman. There's not one of us in here that are not that way. You're like, man, that's a feel-good message. I appreciate what you're saying. Let's, let's take up an offering and let's go home, right? Because this is awesome. But here's the hope part. This is the best part. This is good. The minute that we step out at 75 or at or, or 11 years old, I don't care what you are in this room or where you are in that age bracket. It doesn't matter to me, and it doggone sure doesn't matter to God. He just wants you to say, yes, I trust you. I will follow you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I love you. Abraham, we're going to call her Sarah because that's what her name's going to be. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, 
and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions. Can you imagine gathering up all their possessions? What that must have looked like and been like and the foolishness in people's minds. What are they thinking? What are they doing? That they had gathered and the people that they had acquired, their servants in Haran, in their holding place before they were going to where God wanted them. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. I want you to see this verse. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. You know why that was just thrown in there? Because that could have been left off, couldn't it? I mean, what does that matter? In the grand scheme of things, is that really a big deal? Is that really a big deal to say that these people, they were in that land. They weren't just in Canaan. They were in that land as well. It's, the Canaanites were as awful a human being that just about that's lived on this earth. I, I don't, I'm sure you could find some if you studied hard that maybe have been more evil or more vile, but they were awful people. They murdered, they raped, they killed, they, they, they hated, they did the worst things that you can imagine. And so, if I told you right now, I just want you to imagine, I think the thing we should do is probably with no guards and no armor and Whatever, just go live in Iraq. It's kind of a, an unsafe place again right now. And there's the new jihadist movement that's happening. And we should just go hang out with those people. It would be awesome. God's got your back. You're like, I think, hang on. I think I heard that wrong. Can you come back with that? Because you must have smoked something good. And I'll have what you had because that's crazy. Because I need to feel that craziness in my life. You're an idiot. There's no way that you want me to do that. Like, it was so unsafe. you, you got to turn around at this point and go back to your dad, right? It's safe. It's safe. This is, this is not safe. This is dumb. This is, what are you doing, dude? And this is the part of the story, man, that I love so much. And this is what I think people miss. I think I'm going to do a sermon series sometime in the next year and a half <laughs> called White Lies. Because there's so many things that if you grew up in church, you were told that was well-meaned. It meant that they really tried hard. They made t-shirts. And this is one of them, and it bothers me so bad. There's no safer place than right in the center of God's will. Uh, just 30-second timeout. Uh, for real? Because it says right here, he went, right? He did what he was told. And at that time, the Canaanites were going, were in the land where he was heading. Not, not, not in Canaan. I'm sure they were there but in the land where he was passing through to get to the place that God wants me to go. So, so if I'm in the meantime, if I'm in the middle, if I'm, if I'm not there, why is it not safe? What, Pastor Mark, why is this happening to me? Guys, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have the answers for why you're struggling. I don't have the answers for why your family is sick. I don't, I don't have the answers. But I know God pulls you out of things and there's sufferings that take place sometimes so that he can bring you in. Bring you into what? To his family, to his peace, to his life, so that you can have hope in him. That's the difference. That's the difference. So many people stay in Heron or stay in Ur, and they're like, it's safe. It is safe. But it's not free. And if I always stay there, I'll never have the free life that God offers me. This is what I'm learning in my life, y'all. This is what God's teaching me. This to This. This. Is why I was so excited about today. There has to be a time in our lives 
where we stop pursuing the things that we want to pursue. And listen, having money is not a sin. Having things is not a sin. It becomes a sin when it is my passion beyond everything else. When everything but God becomes my passion, I, I got to stay here, I got to stay here, I got to hold on. And that's not it. That's not it. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. To your offspring, I'm going to give you all this land. This whole place is going to be yours. And I'm going to give you everything. It's all yours. It's all yours. I want you to have everything. I want you to have a hope. I want you to have a future. I want you to have everything. Can I tell y'all what God's teaching me officially, like down deep in my heart? Like this is the thing that I think has rocked my world this week, and God has done so many cool God moments. I, I, I wish I could tell y'all everything because I've been overwhelmed with his presence in our lives. Guys, we've prayed for you by name, believing that God's going to do something so much bigger. And it's because of this. What I'm realizing is the church for years, not this church, not any one particular church, but the church in general for years, has looked down on people that have screwed their lives up You've done things that you wish you hadn't have done. You've been embarrassed. We've got a couple military people in here. It will be the equivalent of them being at war and us looking at them after they get shot in the arm and saying, you're worthless, and we shoot them dead. We shoot our own so well, don't we? We shoot our own so well. We look at what we've done, and we're like, I'm not quite as bad as them, and God will never use them, and I'll shoot them dead. And this is what God's teaching me, y'all. How dare I look at any of you with a judgmental attitude and say God cannot use you. When he looks at me and he says, you're my son, I love you. There is an unlimited supply, listen to this carefully, of evil in my life. There is literally no limit to how fast or how much I can destroy my life when I don't step toward God and into his presence and allow him to fill me. And this doesn't make sense. There's also no limit to how much his Holy Spirit can fill me. No limit. The difference is, look, look, the difference is right here. Being pulled in both directions. Some of y'all feel this way right now, don't you? Being pulled in both directions. Will I feel me? Will I run toward her? Yes, I can't go, God. I have safety. I'm good. I can't do this thing. Or will I, or, or will I just step out and say, God, I want to live free. Guys, the one thing that we want you to know before you leave here today is to live free. We must choose obedience over personal gratification. And the question is, will you take the plunge? And here's what the plunge looks like. You ready? This is what the plunge looks like. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells me that he who knew no sin, Jesus, listen to me, Jesus who knew no sin whatsoever, took on your sin. Listen, you don't have to be good enough. 
I will never, ever, ever, God is my witness to the best of my ability, try to be good enough again. I'll never, never try to be good enough again because I never will be. I'll never try to do better than other pastors. I'll never try to meet the mark. I'm not. I'm done. I'm finished. But he who knew no sin took on my sin, took on your sin, took on the entire sin of the world so that I could be called the righteousness of God. Look at me. Do you know what God sees when he sees you? He sees him. He sees Jesus. There's so many people in here that need freedom. And freedom is not trying harder. Stop trying. And freedom is not a list of do's and don'ts. And if I do enough, I'm good. And if I don't, I'm bad and I'm thrown out. That's not freedom at all, is it? It's a jail cell. Run from the jail cell. Stop. Enough. Freedom is looking at Jesus and saying, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what my future holds, but I trust you. I'm comfortable in her. I'm comfortable in Heron. But I want Canaan. I want freedom. I want Jesus. I want to be alive in Jesus Christ today. Lord Jesus, I give you everything. I give you everything. I surrender all. Guys, the reason that I'm so passionate about this is I think there's people that have not been to church in a long time that need this. And I think there's people that have been in church for years that you're depressed and overwhelmed with religion. We don't want religion. We want a relationship with Jesus. All a relationship with Jesus is is saying yes to Him and following. I'm asking you today, maybe for the first time in your life, to stand up if you need Jesus to radically change you. You don't care what people think. You don't care what people do. You're done with caring and you want Jesus to radically change your life. Guys, if that's not you, I'm okay with it. This is God that brings the reward. But some of you need this and you don't care what people think anymore. And I'm asking you right now, with everyone looking, that's hard, isn't it? It's not as hard as Canaan. This life is hard. I want you with everyone looking around before God and everyone in this room to say, Pastor Mark, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Who else? Stand up right now. If that's you right now, you say, I need Jesus. I want you to stand up right now and say, that's me. That's me. Stand up. If that's you, I want you to stand up and say, that's me. That's me. I need freedom. I want Jesus. I'm tired of living this life. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying so hard. Guys, this is not intended to be emotional. I didn't plan on being emotional. But it's intended to captivate our souls because that's what freedom in Jesus Christ really is. Guys, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do if the first time today, if today's the first time in your life you believe, I don't care if you were saved 20 years ago by praying a prayer or if you've never been saved before, if that's what you just did in your life and you stood up and there were several of you that stood up, if that was you and for the first time in your life you stood up, you said, I said yes to Jesus. I just want you to slip out the back. We have, we have two people waiting on you right now. We want you to slip out the back if that's you and you say yes to Jesus. I want, I want to know more. We have, we have some information. We have a bag for you. We have some gifts. 
and we want to help you. We want to help you take the next step to walk with Jesus. Listen, don't let pride get in the way now because I believe for a lot of people they need freedom. And listen to me, for everybody else, for everybody else, if that's you, go ahead. If that's you, go ahead. Why don't we celebrate right now what Jesus is doing? Hey, look, look, look. Can I just speak from my heart right now? I wasn't planning on saying this, but I'm going to say it. We're going to run over just a minute. What's about to happen in this church? It's going to mess people up, man. There's going to be people coming here, and people are going to be healed. And we're not going to say healing lines up. God's just going to heal them. I'm convinced. And there's going to be homes that are broken. that are going to be mended back together. And there's going to be lives that were, that were dead. And they're going to be alive in Jesus Christ. We are just beginning, just beginning to see what God's going to do. Let's stand and worship the King of Kings this morning.